Welcome to Podland. Podland sponsored by Buzzsprout, the easiest way to host, promote and track your podcast there at buzzsprout.com. It's Thursday, April the 8th, 2021. I'm James Cridland, the editor of podnews.net here in Australia. Wow, he's back. I'm Sam Sethi, the editor of Sam Talks Technology and also the MD of a new radio station stupidly called River Radio. And I'm Alvin Brooke from Buzzsprout. And later, I'm going to talk about some of the new stuff that we've launched. He will. Podland's a weekly podcast where Sam and I delve deeper into the week's podcasting news. Was uh, Matt very good uh, last week? I'm sure that Matt Deegan was excellent. He always is. Yeah, it it was a close run call, James. You nearly lost your job, but, you know, glad to have you back. (laughs) What's the big news this week? Well, our friends at LibSync seem to be very, very active. Uh, They've acquired AdvertiseCast, which I'd love you to tell me more about. Um, And they also acquired uh, a platform called Auxbus. So they seem to be doing a lot and they raised 25 million in funding and they've also launched their open beta for LibSync 5. So gosh, they're doing a lot over there. James, tell me what's going on with LibSync. Yeah, they're doing really well. It's a really good podcast host. It's one of the uh, heritage podcast hosts um, that's been going forever. They and Buzzsprout are the two largest podcast hosts in terms of independent podcasters. And they ended up buying this Advertise Cast, which is a podcast advertising company, but it's not programmatic advertising. It's very specifically uh, helping advertising agencies to buy uh, particularly live reads into podcasts. Um, It's quite a neat company, earned $12 million last year, grew 45%. So it's obviously doing something right. And I suspect that Libsyn have bought that. They um, also sell advertising themselves. And I suspect that they've bought that to bolster that part up and to help their customers earn some money. So that's very cool. They also acquired earlier on this year a podcast creation platform called Auxbus, which is basically um, a system that puts together podcasts for you. So we would do an interview and we would script some of that and it would automatically mix all of that together with intros and outros and everything else and make it sound very cool. And I, I mean, I think the other thing that they've done is they've also been raising money. They're quite a rich company anyway, but they've been raising additional money to buy, not just to buy advertised cast, but also, and I quote, to provide Libsyn with additional capital for other strategic acquisitions. I wonder what they're going to buy. Well, go on then. What, what are they going to buy? <laughs> I don't know. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm interested. I thought you had some inside track. I thought there was going to be the big reveal. <laughs> no, I mean, I think, you know, Libsyn's issue in the past has been that it's looked a bit old fashioned. It's a bit difficult to use. It's certainly, judging by the screenshots and things that I keep on seeing all over the internet, it's certainly a podcast host that is still very much in the early 2000s. But all of that is going to change as well, because Libsyn 5, which is their brand new 
user interface has just been put into public beta. It looks much nicer. It's got much nicer podcast websites. Um, it's got all kinds of improved stats and everything else. So I think there's real change going on there, which is uh, really good. Some people there are quite aggressive, but um, I think overall, I think it's a pretty good company, which um, has certainly turned a corner in terms of the amount of acquisition that it's currently doing. Next week, we will have Elsie Escobar on the show next week, uh, and she'll be able to tell us more about what's going on with LibSync 5, the beta. Yes, so it'll be uh, good to uh, find out what she says to you. On the back of that, we have something that you've discovered in your data analysis that Spotify Anchor is hoovering up the paid podcast business in hosting. What's going on, James? There's a little page on the Pod News website which shows podcast hosts and who people are changing from and to. And what you see very much in this is you see a lot of podcast shows moving away from companies like Libsyn and um, Buzzsprout and all of these and moving over to particularly Anchor. And there's a little bit of megaphone acquisition as well in terms of new shows. And it does strike me that Week on week, month on month, we're seeing a lot of podcasts changing over to the Spotify ecosystem. So at some point, one would argue, Spotify will be big enough by themselves to basically say, we don't need any of your stinking RSS anymore. We're going to stop doing all of this stuff. Um, and we're just going to focus on our own thing, which is probably a bad thing. I think it's just worthwhile keeping an eye of the amount of shows which are going to uh, particularly to anchor. Um, and that could be, uh, you know, just because people have finished working on that particular podcast, they don't want to get rid of it, but they want to put it somewhere where it isn't costing them anything. And that's fine. But um, I, I just sort of worry about the future of the industry in terms of um, the, in terms of its uh, health. There. Well, I mean, Buzzsprout themselves are claiming that Spotify is now overtaking Apple in podcast downloads. But you say this data doesn't mirror that from the other podcast hosts. So who's right? <laughs> well, we are sponsored by Buzzsprout and they are very good. I have been spending most of this week asking Tom Rossi questions about their figures because they say very much that Spotify is now a little bit bigger than Apple in terms of podcast downloads. It's about, you know, 25 or 26% um, for each of them. Um, and that's lovely, but I don't see anything near that data from Libsyn, from Buzzsprout. I do a bit of work with Captivate. Their internal data isn't showing that either. PodTrack isn't showing this. So many other people are not showing that Apple Podcasts is anywhere near the amount of downloads that Spotify is getting. So Spotify is still much, much smaller, probably half the size. And I don't understand. I literally don't understand why Buzzsprout is showing a different number. And I keep on asking questions of of them to try and understand what's going on here. And I'm not sure that I've yet got the reason why. 
uh, or indeed any sort of you know any sort of understanding of why of why it could be the case because pretty well everything else is much the same it's about 50% US downloads 50% non-US downloads for both Libsyn and for Buzzsprout as one example you know there's talk about Apple Core Media and whether or not Buzzsprout include those in the Apple Podcasts stats they don't but they're not a blueberry so it's all of this kind of stuff and I'm just uh, I'm, I'm just a bit confused okay so, um, <laughs> yeah, um, we will see, I guess, in terms of um, where those stats go. I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I, I don't want to turn around and say that someone's wrong. Go on. <laughs> but what I also don't want to turn around, <laughs> but I also don't want to turn around and say that Libsyn's wrong and Blueberry's wrong and, you know, PodTrack's wrong and and everybody else, because that's clearly not the case either. We do know that Spotify is growing. We do know that if you look at people rather than downloads, then Spotify may well already be in front, you know, as we've said in previous episodes. But this is about downloads. And um, I just don't see the figures that they are currently talking about and the fact that they're making a thing about this in facebook groups and things i just find a little bit weird well just using podland as an example in our own stats we're not seeing it we see less than two percent downloads from spotify we see the majority of our downloads coming from apple and overcast yeah and i think you know and i certainly see that from my own stats as well I think, though, that we are a little bit different. I mean, and clearly, you know, Spotify is used by younger people, by people who are looking for comedy, for people who are looking for sport. They're not necessarily looking for news and they're certainly not really looking for podcast information. So I think um, we're a little bit different. And that's probably one of the reasons why these numbers might be a bit different. But, I, uh, you know, again, I'm, I'm just finding it a little bit, a little bit weird um, understanding why there should be such a big difference. And back in October, Buzzsprout was saying that about half of their downloads were through Apple and about 20% of their downloads or less were through Spotify. So why are they now the same at about 25 26%? I, I, I just don't understand it. So uh, that, that's just me putting my hand up and saying, I don't understand it. <laughs> Before we go on and, and talk with... Uh Alban, who you had a chance to from Buzzsprout, who's the head of marketing. Yeah. I, I had a quick question. I was talking to another friend of mine called James. I do. There's there's many Jameses in the world, it seems. Um, yeah. One of the the things that we looked at was if this trend, which you've identified, is this move to anchor, which is probably a move to free, more likely than anything else. What would happen? Because I had a, a chat with uh, Adam and Dave jones uh, adam curry and dave jones this week yeah. if apple bought buzzsprout or apple bought libsync or apple bought a hosting partner what do you think would happen to the market i think that would be fascinating so the story went that um, apple was very keen in buying anchor back in the days when anchor was independent and i think that would be a really interesting move from apple we, sh we also shouldn't forget that amazon do not have a hosting company either and that could be something that Amazon wishes to do, given that they've announced all kinds of things this week about Wondery and how that's going to double in size and everything else. But they don't have a hosting partner and they clearly need one. I think they're using R19 currently. But yeah, I mean, wouldn't that be interesting? And there's any number of different hosts out there. I think Libsyn is possibly too... 
Well, I was going to say too big for them. Nothing's too big for Apple, of course, is it? I mean, they could buy anybody. But um, I was going to say not really. <laughs> <laughs> but my my suspicion is that they would want to buy a smaller company with a bit more flexibility in what they're currently doing. Um, so if I were Apple, I mean, I would be looking at um, potentially companies like Captivate, who I work with, or, uh, you know, Transistor or possibly Buzzsprout. I think uh, Libsyn is one of the drawbacks of being a heritage podcast host is that there's quite a lot of there's quite a lot of technical debt in there as they're certainly finding with their new mm. UX and I, I, I'm not sure necessarily that that would be the, the number one choice for them but you know I think uh, yeah it, w- it would be really interesting what do you think would happen there? Well I think it's a natural evolution I think hosting has become a commodity it no longer is a differentiator it's not a standalone product I think on its own which reflects in the fact that LibSync's acquiring other products around its core business to diversify Mm. out of it and I think if you look at uh, other hosting companies they're going to have to do the same or hosting yeah just becomes like a bit like uh, uh, other things that you can just stick in cloud services you know it just becomes a feature not a business that's the problem I think yeah I think there's certainly a need now for a hosting company to have unique selling points that other hosting companies don't. Um, So, you know, the unique selling point for, say, Red Circle, which is another free podcast host and which is, um, by all accounts, a very good one. um, Their selling point is that they also have ad sales built into that as well. So they can actually earn you money and it's a free podcast host and well worth being on, you know. So you've got that kind of uh, side. So I'm I'm sure that there's going to be a bit more focus on features in the future. And you know, Buzzsprout looking at, you know, things like magic mastering, things like dynamic uh, descriptions and everything else. You know, I, you can very clearly see that they are building a bunch of additional features that other people don't actually have. Now, one of those features is the new dynamic descriptions and you caught up with uh alban from buzzsprout i did and i started asking him as i usually do what buzzsprout is for those people who don't know yet buzzsprout is a podcast host we're just helping people get online and start their podcasts i kind of hope that people know that by now given that you're our sponsor (laughs) and given that we've been saying that every single episode since uh, we uh, started um you launched dynamic content at the beginning of the year um and uh, we've been using that to get a ton of reviews on apple podcasts here's just a little hint and tip to anybody having a listening right now as soon as you give us a lot of reviews in Apple Podcasts, we will get rid of that mention, okay? So please just go and review us. Thank you very much. Anyway, um, we spoke to Kevin Finn about that earlier on in the year. Um, uh, now you've launched something called Dynamic Descriptions. What are they? So when you dropped that little audio snippet in the beginning of all of your episodes, um, you were using dynamic content. But then the descriptions have the ability for you to drop in a link into your podcast descriptions. And the reason is, let's say you want to drop in some audio saying, leave us a review in Apple Podcasts. Well, now people want to be able to click a link to that page. And so instead of going back and editing um, dozens of episodes, now you can just go and at one time when you upload the audio portion, put in a link and some text as well. 
So it makes it really easy to make sure you have links to everything inside of your descriptions. And particularly useful, I guess, for sponsors and that sort of thing as well. Any sort of tracking you want to do, so see if people are actually clicking through, or just make it easy for people to find URLs. The whole goal of marketing is to make things easy for people. So we don't want uh, you to have to go do it thousands of times. And we definitely don't want you to, if you hear something interesting, have to go find the URL yourself. It's the latest in a series of launches that you've done. Um, there's Magic Mastering last year, IB certification, of course, many more things. Um, what are some of the other new features that you have uh, added recently? Oh, man. I, we try to launch something new. Uh, we work in six-week cycles, so something new comes out every six weeks. Remember a year ago is when we redid our entire stats package. A um, few weeks back, we added the ability to see which exact episodes are being played on any specific day. Uh, we're always trying to prove you know, as many things as possible. Uh, let's talk about those um, stats. I have been linking to your global stats, which are fantastic. And indeed, I was doing a presentation a couple of uh, days ago to um, a large part of the music industry. And I was using your global stats of numbers of episode downloads in the first week to point out that most podcasts are actually quite small. And they should probably stop thinking about, you know, Joe Rogan and Joe Budden as being, as being, you know, a typical podcast, because they certainly aren't. You have Spotify very close to Apple Podcasts in those uh, stats, far closer than other people do. What, what's the difference there? Are you working things out in a slightly different way? Well, there's probably a few reasons why they're different. One is we realized back in October that a lot of plays that seem to look like Apple Podcasts were probably not coming from Apple Podcasts. They were coming from Apple Core Media. So they looked very similar, but they shouldn't be categorized that way. So we made the call. Those are an app on an iPhone, but it's not Apple Podcasts. And if it won't identify itself, we will say we will put it in this other category. And when we did that, we realized Apple Podcasts is actually a lot smaller and so the first thing is, when I see other hosts with different numbers, I imagine, first of all, that they're probably not splitting those out. Um, you also get just different demographics listen to podcasts on different um, devices and different apps. So I know a lot of Spanish-speaking countries, Spotify is even more prevalent. Um, and we see it in just the different distribution between different podcasts individually is staggering. Some 95% of their plays come from a single app, and it could be any number of different apps, whichever one that they happen to do well. So that's at least my guess of why we have different numbers than other hosts. Yeah, and it's interesting having a look at the numbers that I put together for the Pod News podcast, which I host myself. And yeah, and uh, and that changes pretty well every single day. And you have things like Google News being really massive one day, and uh, Apple's Siri News being really massive another day. And uh, you know, an Apple Podcast is still very very large in there. But uh, it is fascinating seeing how much they change every single day. Yeah, we're. That's why we wanted to build this page. I mean, you were the person we had in mind when we were building it, but we wanted to have a place that was public that was saying, we know there's lots of information about podcasts out there, but we'll aggregate the data from 94,000 different shows on Buzzsprout. And we will give you an idea of these are the countries that are listening to podcasts the most, the 
apps that are used the most and some stats about podcasts themselves. They're not perfect because Buzzsprout skews towards English speaking countries and um, you know, maybe our podcasters are slightly different than the ones that are on Art 19, but we're just trying to give a snapshot of here's the data that we have so that we all have a bit of a better understanding of where the industry is. Now, uh, talking about where the industry is, Listen Notes says that you're now the largest paid for podcast host in the world. And um, Pod News has a big list of uh, where people are switching to um, and switching from. And um, you always appear to be in good condition in there as well. Why do you think, uh, I mean, it's an easy question for you, but why do you think that you are growing in such a way? Well, first, I'm going to take this interview and print it out to my next review with Kevin. But <laughs> I mean, why do I think we're growing? I mean, we've always focused on being the easiest podcast host that there is. Um, we ran into issues with lots of apps early on, which is why we built Buzzsprout, because it wasn't super easy to podcast online. So everything we're doing is focusing on ease of use, and empowering um, indie podcasters. So that's the niche that we carved out for ourselves. And I think that that has just continued to grow. Um, and you can see other things we're doing. A lot of our marketing is focused on teaching podcasting. Um, and we've really invested in our support team. So kind of that we see it as the trifecta of we're trying to build new things with the app. We're trying to have the most responsive uh, support team. And our marketing, we're trying to make it as helpful as possible for new people when they're on their podcasting journey. And you'd be very quick to add new features in terms of podcasting 2.0, the stuff that Dave Jones and Adam Curry is working on. Chapters you've uh, added in there as well. Talk us through why you're interested in the whole podcasting 2.0 thing. Well, one thing we kept seeing was Spotify was able to roll out these interesting features. And a lot of them were things that I mean, now I've been in the industry for six and a half years that I heard of five years ago. And we constantly kept hearing of new features that Spotify was working on. And we said, you know, we've been thinking about this. We would have loved to have built it years ago and the whole industry had it. And the limiting factor was we weren't really making a lot of headway on improving the RSS spec. And so that's what um, the podcast index has been working on is bringing together podcast hosts, podcasters, um, podcast app developers, and we're all getting together and figuring out a way to keep this um, in the RSS feed so that everybody in the ecosystem can use all these new developments. Yeah. And one, uh, one of those is um, chapters. We've had a lot of people, by the way, saying that it's a wonderful thing that the Podland podcast has chapters in it, which is great, and particularly good because um, Buzzsprout supports much of the podcast chapter tags as well. They've done things in a slightly different way, haven't they? Right. So there's at least two different ways to do chapter markers, um, specifically the images and chapter markers. Hmm. So one of the ways was to put everything into the MP3 file. And there's definitely a downside with that is if you're putting 10 different images into the header of an MP3 file, that's all at the very beginning of that MP3 file. So you have to download that entire chunk of information before any podcast content actually hits your phone. And I know you've reported on this in the past where we're thinking about ways to serve up podcasts at super low bit rates 
um, at least make that an option mm. so that podcasters who maybe cell phone connections or just data connections are really expensive that they could actually have access to podcasts. So putting it into the MP3 file was kind of a non-starter, even though it's already supported in some podcast apps. And so the podcast index went a different way, which is specifying links to images inside of the RSS feed. So that means if your podcast app that supports it, you can download those images. If your podcast um, app that doesn't support it, you can just disregard that part of the RSS spec. It allows for more flexibility, especially as we look for people who downloading a really large MP3 file might actually be cost prohibitive. Mm. And, and I think particularly when you look at, um, you know, places like uh, much of Africa, where the cost of um, mobile data is just madness, super expensive. And I think quite a lot of people look into India as being incredibly cheap. It is incredibly cheap in comparison to what we pay here. But uh, people get paid an awful lot less there as well. So actually, in terms of right. um, in terms of the cost to them, it's still a very expensive cost. So anything that we can do as podcasters to keep keep that uh, those data costs lower is a good thing, I think, isn't it? Yeah. And there's some really interesting work that Google has done in building some new compression algorithms around audio, where I've been pretty shocked at really, really low bitrate audio files that actually sound pretty good. And I think some of them were as low as like three kilobits per second. And yeah. I thought it was going to be impossible to understand. And it sounded pretty good. So I'm pretty excited for the possibility of maybe specifying different audio files. There may be one that if data is not an issue for you, you download it in 192 kilobits per second. But if it is mm -hmm. an issue, then you can download the super small file um, and save your data plan. Yeah, and that's the alternate enclosure um, piece of work that Podcasting 2.0 is currently doing which um, I really hope gets uh, a lot of um, steam. And I think, you know, one of the things that would help is there being a large podcast host that is supporting that and that is all automatically creating those very, very small files. You, you also had a, um, an interesting time with a denial of service attack uh, a month or so ago, which, uh, which was entertaining. I enjoyed the special of the Buzzcast <laughs> um, uh, podcast all about that. What did you learn uh, after all of that? Once the dust has settled now, what, what have you actually learned uh, after that? Well, we've learned a lot of different things. I mean, the technical team was able to do a lot of work on our infrastructure, uh, which has been really good to make us less vulnerable to attacks like that in the future. Our, um, you know, We've come up with different ways of how we would actually respond to an attacker and on the you know marketing side, I think we felt very affirmed. Um, it's always been in our culture to be very open, and so I spent you know the entire twenty four hours um, just responding to people, and it was very nice to see that when we were doing that, everybody was actually very kind in return. So that was one thing that was mm -hmm. very affirming for me was we've always had this culture of being more open um, with our customers and that they were so kind and gracious with us was a very affirming thing to happen. Finally, let me just ask you uh, to, to uh, uh, break lots of rules. What have you got planned for the future? 
What do you get? What's your next big launch? <laughs> so you know that one of our rules is that we never talk about things that we are planning. The reason no. being, whenever we start to talk about it, um, it inevitably whatever it is, we don't we don't launch, and then we have hundreds of people <laughs> asking, "Hey, I was waiting for that one feature. That was going to be the game changer for me." Um, so we try not to talk about things, and we also rarely know what we're going to work on. We try to be pretty easy, so that. Mm -hmm. Um, whatever it comes up and may be really important for the future, uh, that we can you know pivot to that pretty quickly. Those six week sprints are very very useful, aren't they? We we love them. <laughs> we learned it from the guys over at Basecamp, and it served us very well for I don't know maybe five years now. In terms of the Pod News website, I think uh, I have a a twenty five minute sprint. <laughs> that's, yeah, I was about to say you have basically you have an incredible turnaround. You have maybe twenty five minute sprints. It might be six minute yeah, sprints. That's basically as much as I can manage. Uh, uh, I think. But uh, yeah, um, thank you so much for your for your time and for your support. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you, James. Thank you for all the work you do with Pod News. Pod Chaser. It looks like is brought back their reviews for good program for April at least anyway each review of a podcast or episode will mean 25 cents that's American not Australian goes to Meals on Wheels America there are ways to double or treble that money James have you done this so far have you left a review yeah I've left a, a few reviews uh, on there um, and what's really nice is if you reply as a podcaster then they double the money and if you are on a particular host, um, then they double the money in that uh, as well. So, you know, some of those hosts include Libsyn, Captivate and Buzzsprout. So if you are on the Buzzsprout um, hosting platform, then they double the money anyway, which is uh, a lovely thing, uh, as well as Art19 and Alitu and various other people. So um, definitely worthwhile. If you've not used Podchaser yet, you should uh, pop along to the Podchaser website. Um, and if I were you, I would find the Podland uh, podcast and give us a good review on there. That would be a good start. Um, you'll find it at podchaser.com. Excellent. Just a review would be good. No, if it's good, well, well, we'll take that as well. A review is a good start. <laughs> now, we use Riverside to record this podcast, and they've got a big announcement. They've announced an iPhone app is available. Are we going to try that one next, James? Um, well, we uh, we could do. It's really of real use if you use um, video, which we don't use video because nobody wants nobody wants that. Um, but if you use video, of course, then the f the camera in your phone is probably a rather better thing than the camera in your um, computer, particularly uh, Macs, which have a dreadful camera. Um, so that's pretty cool, and you can use the iPhone app alongside having chats with um, people on their desktops or indeed on yours as well. So uh, it's pretty cool. It's now available in uh, beta um, and um, it should work pretty well. Actually, I'm going to be trying it for a separate reason because the Rode Podcaster Pro just released a new beta uh, software update and one of the things they've enabled is for the pads to allow you to switch cameras using the pads. So you could have a, an OBS feed. Oh, nice. Or you could, mm. or a Riverside feed or a, another feed. And you can use, so without having to use an A10 Mini Pro, an extra box basically to just control camera angles, you can now just use the Podcaster Pro Desk, which is brilliant. Yes. Yes. Oh, nice. Oh, that's very smart. I was unaware that they had, that they had done that. 
So uh, there you go. I've learned a new thing. <laughs> you'll be you'll be playing with it later. Now, talk about playing with things. You've been busy uh, earning us money. Well done, sir. Now, the yes, the podcast app. Uh, and Lightning Client Breeze has partnered with the Lightning Node provider Voltage to help podcasters earn Bitcoin. Ooh, you basically put Podland into a Satoshi provider last week, and we earned the grand total of $1.72. Uh, and I think that's Australian dollars, isn't it? Or is that American dollars? Just just so I can get excited. <laughs> no, so I put um, I put Podland News in last week, I think, and it has so far earned five thousand six hundred and twenty-five sat, which is about four dollars. But nevertheless, it's about four dollars. And um, what is fascinating is there is real growth in the amount of value for value stuff which is going on now. So the amount of bits of Bitcoin, which is what a sat is, that are flowing around because of podcasting is really growing. Breeze is the latest um, client that you can uh, that has it in there. But also um, the very lovely Podfriend, which is a really nice little app. It's an app, but it's also a nice website as well. And you just go to podfriend.com and you can use it straight on your phone. And that's really cool. And that's got a built-in value for value in there as well. So um, you can begin, if you're a podcaster, you can begin to earn little bits of Bitcoin from the shows that you do. And as more people get involved in this, the more money that um, everybody should make. It's a nice plan. Now, as somebody who set it up, i.e. you, not me, tell me, is it actually a technical nightmare or is it a pretty easy thing? Because I guess it's when does it jump the shark in terms of becoming a consumer-based thing to do? Well, I think you've got the whole question on cryptocurrency overall there. And um, I, you know, I'd like to think that I was a relatively techie person, but I still find cryptocurrency just entirely opaque um, that said, there's a, a service called Satoshi Stream, which is really easy to set up. So I've written a article about this on Pod News. If you go to Pod News and you just uh, search for how to earn Bitcoin, then you'll probably find it. Um, and that has a ton of information on how to do this. But I think, you know, still human beings will still need to understand what cryptocurrency is and, you know, how to transfer that to a wallet and all this kind of uh, stuff. It, it, it To me, it's still a long way off becoming anywhere near mainstream, which is a shame. But um, but it's a great start. I wish that, that you could use proper money with this as well. Um, and there's uh, a number of different uh, services which uh, are doing this sort of thing, but with um, in inverted commas, real money or fiat, I discover it's called. Yes. Um, I always thought that fiat was uh, um, a rather bad car that I used to own when I lived in London. But um, it turns <laughs> it out... Would, to- <laughs> it was that too as well, yes. <laughs> yes. That's a dreadful... Was it a 500? Fiat Punto. Oh, Punto. It was a, it was a Punto. It was a dreadful, horrible thing. One of the nicest things, the day before I left London to move to Australia, one of the nicest things was to drive it to to webuyanycar.com <laughs> and uh, find out how little money they would give me for this car. I was going to say, was it an oh. IOU? You owe them how much? <laughs> <laughs> we, don't, we don't take Italian cars, yeah. sir. I'm terribly sorry. <laughs> for a good reason. Oh, it was a dreadful car. Uh. Um, 
but uh, yes anyway the least said about that the better but well, yes sorry where were we yes so um yeah i mean i you know i think that the whole cryptocurrency thing is way too complicated still but i think um yeah the the experience of podfriend actually as a consumer was a lot simpler of here's here's how to load a wallet up here's where to go and what to do and everything else it was a good experience actually when i was playing around with that so uh yeah so you know it, it, it there's certainly some promise here and i think as we see more podcast apps take this stuff on um and uh, some of the tech problems which are around it going away um then it should be good to see what happens now promise me one thing you don't lose the password to the wallet because obviously when we have hundreds of thousands of satoshis in there i don't want you telling me now what was the password because no, that's I often use, the problem with wallets it is and i have probably lost a, a small amount of bitcoin um but i had a small amount of bitcoin quite some time ago and i have no idea where the wallet is uh and what the wallet's password is and anything else it was just uh <laughs> yes so um but i do know that i did not have anywhere near even uh <laughs> even one bitcoin so i've got no idea what it was but i, I haven't lost an awful lot but yes, I use Bitwarden. Bitwarden is the best password um, uh, keeper. Um, and I will, uh, yes, heartily recommend that. Now, uh, talking about consumers and payments, uh, Mac Rumors is reporting that they've spotted code for paid subscriptions is now being added to Spotify, the app, uh, in preparation of clearly for the launch of their feature. So it brings me up with three questions for you there, James. Firstly, uh, that sounds cool that they're bringing subscriptions but is it their own platform or are they using a third party would you suspect and secondly isn't this the more logical way of payments of podcasting because it's just going to be simple rather than bitcoins and satoshis and and all that stuff <laughs> well yes uh, is the quick answer and is it their own thing yes it is it's it's uh, it'll only be available for you if you're in anchor probably only in the us because of uh, the tax reasons but certainly uh, only available if you're in anchor um and um uh, yeah so it's a spotify proprietary thing as all of the spotify things are uh, and there's a good reason for that, because they want you listening in the, in the Spotify app, which I'm close, uh, but not, haven't quite done it, but I'm very close to actually getting rid of from my phone. Because hmm. um, uh, YouTube music is rather a lot better. So, um, shock horror. And on that bombshell. Oh, there um, you go. <laughs> the big reveal. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but you know, so you've got that coming in uh, Spotify, um, which they've already said that they're doing. Um, so that should come shortly. You've got Apple Podcasts, where the latest version of Apple Podcasts for the new app, for the new operating system, which hasn't actually launched yet. The latest version of Apple Podcasts has all of the connections in for payment as well and has dropped the word free. So there's clearly paid subscriptions going to happen through both Apple and through uh, Spotify in the future. My guess is Apple will be a closed shop and you'll have to be, you know, NPR or Q code in order to get in. And Spotify will be a closed shop in that you'll have to be hosting on Anchor if you want to get in. Um, and the rest of us independent podcasters will not be um, afforded um, either of those two. But um, very happy to be proved wrong. Well, I, I guess there's two 
two things I've observed or, or, or I'm surmising as a prediction. One mm. is that Apple, as you said, will turn on the uh, podcast subscriptions. And I think it's so simple because all the ecosystem behind it's already there and proven with the you know App Store. Um, it's just how much will they take as a percentage of your subscription for the grand privilege of being put into their store. Um whether it's 30%, gosh, um, but 30% of nothing's not much, really. Um, the other part to that, though, is clearly Apple are going to have to turn off directory access to all the other hosting partners. Yeah, as you so rightly say, I think Apple may well, at some point, turn off directory access, and that will mean that all of the apps out there that use the Apple directory will all of a sudden throw their hands in the air and go, oh my God, what do we do now? And uh, that's hopefully where Podcast Index comes into its own. It's now got more podcasts in there than Apple does, uh, which is quite a thing. And uh, certainly I suspect that we will see many more podcast apps using Podcast Index under the hood. Um, I'm certainly using it more in terms of the Pod News directory as well. So, um, yeah, it'll be... I fully expect Apple to turn off their their directory, um, and uh, it would there will be much wailing and gnashing of teeth. I think when that happens. So, it begs the question then: if you have a podcast and suddenly mm. there's three potential places to earn money from, which would be Apple with subscriptions, Spotify with subscriptions, or Podcast Index with Satoshi's. Um, where would you put your podcast? Because you can't put it on all three, clearly. Or would you put it on all three? I mean, because you're going to have to have different RSS feeds for all three then. Or how's that going to work? Well, I don't know. I mean, maybe you could put it in all three. Um, I don't know quite how Apple's system works. But maybe you could make it available, certainly in two. You could make it available in the Apple subscription and in the Spotify one, assuming that you could get into both of those. So you could do that. The thing about the value-for-value value thing with the podcast index is that it is a voluntary payment, so it um, you can still listen. Um, you can still find the RSS feed. You can still, you know, download the show if you don't pay. So it's a different model than what Spotify and what Apple are, you know, working on here. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I mean, what what would you do? Would you end up doing a luminary and just moving everything onto, onto that particular, you know, the particular app that you have chosen? I don't know. Um, It'd be interesting to interesting to see what people end up doing. Yeah, I mean, Acast launched Acast Plus. You know, is that a, another way of doing it where it's a bundled revenue where you get access to multiple podcasts and you don't pay one single subscription? Yeah, well, I mean, so Acast Plus is their answer to Patreon and that sort of thing. It's got a bit of um, private podcasting built into that as well. So if you are a patron then you can um, add an additional private uh, feed. Um, so that's a, another way of doing it, and that would at least work on all real podcast apps, so everything from um, Apple Podcasts currently to Google Podcasts and you know all of the others, Overcast and everything else. Um, so that's certainly something 
you know, again, worth having a look at. And you can do the same with Substack. You can do the same with, um, you know, a variety of these different um, uh, services as well. Um, I mean, I, I suppose at the end of the day, what you want if if we were going to charge for this tomorrow, where would we go? We'd go where the where the people are, mm-hmm. um, and the people at the moment are either with Apple. But um, my suspicion is it'll be you know you'll need to um, you'll need to you know wine and dine the right people at Apple in order to be selected to be part of the bundle, or you go to Spotify mm-hmm. because you can charge whatever it is that you want to charge for your app for your. Um, for your show and Spotify will take, you know, a little bit of that, of that cash. Um, I think those are really the only two uh, choices because I don't even think that something like Acast Plus is going to be easy enough for normal people to end up using. Um, Even if it's just as simple as a authenticated RSS feed that goes into any podcast app. I think even that is still, unfortunately, at the moment, a bit too complicated. And I think actually keeping something within the app is probably a good plan. Now, we we, we always seem to forget to mention the other two players in the podcasting space, the big behemoths, Google and Amazon. Now, Mm. Google this week is testing personalised episode recommendations with the heart button, but it doesn't really feel like it's really pushing the boat out on podcasting. It seems like it's in the backwater and just adding a little bit here and there, you know. What what do you suspect Google will do once, you know, Apple and Spotify turn on subscriptions? Are they going to do anything or are they just going to limp along and just be a directory of indexed podcasts? I mean, so the first thing I'd say on this is it's really quite frustrating when you have chats with the folks at Google and they say, oh, we're, we're about to do this this thing in Google Podcasts, but keep it keep it quiet and, uh, you know, we'll give you the story when we're ready to launch with it. And then, of course, they put the code <laughs> so that anybody can actually see what's going on um, and other people publish it instead. Um, that's kind of a little bit frustrating. But um, I, I know that Google are doing more work than just, you know, additional features within their app. And uh, my suspicion is that we'll see a little bit more of that in the next couple of months. Um, I also would suspect that at some point Google will be a little bit more aggressive in terms of making sure that the Google Podcasts app is in all new Android phones. They have a method of doing that and they should really be turning that on now. Um, And I'm very surprised that they haven't yet. but if they're going to take this seriously, then that, of course, is a step uh, forward. So just in the same way as you have, you know, Docs and Sheets and you have um, YouTube uh, pre-installed into every single Android phone that goes out there. So Google Podcasts really ought to be. Um, and that would be a significant change, I think, to where we currently are. Um, or Google can just hand it to uh, Spotify, who appear to be the market leader on Android for podcasts, one would assume. Hmm. Now, Amazon, of course, is the other player. Uh, their podcast hmm. producer, Wondery, is doubling its staff. But can you can you see, other than just getting more content, Amazon also turning on payments and subscriptions? Because 
clearly they've got Prime and they've got all the payment infrastructure. They've got my credit card, you know, for everything I'd buy on Amazon. Mm. It wouldn't take a rocket science. And I already pay for Audible anyway, so... Yeah, I mean, Audible is their current um, subscription model and that's how Amazon earns money. Um, You could see Amazon using their... Um, storefront, you know, in the same way that you can buy apps and you can um, and and get those installed on your um, on your uh, Android phone through the Amazon App Store, I think it's called. Yep. Um, yes, it is. <laughs> you, yeah, you could you could see them using. I haven't uh, used it for a long time, but you could see them using that sort of thing potentially, so that you can subscribe to a podcast. And indeed, um, there was a uh, short period a couple of weeks ago where they actually put a price onto every single podcast that was out there. And I think you could uh, could get the Pod News podcast for just $4.99 an episode. Wow. (laughs) Which, you know, given that it's only three minutes long, I think would be be a bargain. But anyway... um, yeah, I, uh, you know, I I still look at this. I mean, we, we still don't have Amazon podcasts down here in Australia. Um, there are plenty of things that we don't have, and Amazon podcast is one of them. Um, they have, though, launched this week. Well, they haven't launched it. They haven't talked about it, but we've discovered it. Um, a new portal for you to be able to add your podcast to Amazon podcasts. Um, and so that's all very fancy and, and jolly. So they're clearly, you know, working on this and expanding out um but um you know i to me i see the benefit from amazon as being um as being very closely aligned to amazon prime and you know wonder is um big plan and audible's big big plan it seems to me is to use audio as a way of um uncovering new ip which they can then turn into prime tv shows and movies and everything else so um, maybe that's where they see their future going. But they don't even have a podcast hosting company yet. So uh, one, one would assume that that's going to be one of their next steps. OK, well, the final story I think I want to touch on, uh, it wouldn't be a podcast currently unless we mentioned Clubhouse. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good. Oh, joy. Fast forward, everyone, now. Um, the. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what they're going to do. So we might as well tell them to do it. Um, Clubhouse uh, clone or competitor Twitter Spaces, which you are now a beta person of usage, I guess. Uh, you're using it. You've got a purple dot against your name on Twitter. Is that what it is? Yeah, I added the purple dot because apparently that's how you show off that you have access to Ooh. to uh, to uh, Twitter Spaces. Um, uh, well, what's more yeah, fancy I, for you, your purple dot or your blue tick? I mean, gosh, it's, it's getting so busy around your well, name now. And with the blue tick, it means that in Twitter spaces, you are put above the hoi polloi without the blue tick, you see. Oh, so my I know, God. it's a ridiculous <laughs> thing. Utterly ridiculous. But yeah, so apparently Twitter tried to buy Clubhouse for $4 billion dollars. Um, uh, a while back, uh, which seems, you know, to me to be, you know, uh, astonishing. Um, well, that's just 
James, that's just the Mark Zuckerberg school of uh, acquisition, isn't it? They bought Instagram for those yeah. stupid amounts of money and WhatsApp. And it's just basically Jack Dorsey saying, oh, I know what, we'll just do it for a large number and get rid of the competitor. Yes. And it didn't work. Yes, and uh, that may well be. I mean, you know, the amount of downloads of Clubhouse are slumping right now because all of a sudden Clubhouse have stopped doing their big influences. They've stopped talking to the likes of Elon Musk and Jason Kalkanis, and they've started, um, you know, freewheeling a little bit. And so it's going to be interesting seeing what happens to Clubhouse there. And also, I mean, I've been taking part in quite a few Twitter spaces recently. Those are interesting because you end up... Um, you know, you end up hearing a lot of people saying, we really like Twitter spaces. Please have more of these on Twitter spaces and not on Clubhouse. So, you know, um, uh, but you've also got, I think Facebook has, um, Facebook has a new service as well, which is sort of Clubhouse-esque. You've got, uh, I think Spotify has just bought something which could also be a Clubhouse. Um, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if the next but if the next box of cereal that you buy also has a clubhouse clone inside it as well. Um, so who knows what's going to happen there? My view on, I think, all of this is that uh, Twitter already has a lot of people signed up. It already has a concept of verified. It already has apps on loads of, um, of, of phones out there. Um, it's Twitter's to lose. And um, I can't see really you know clubhouse winning out of this um facebook has so many issues at the moment what with uh, privacy and everything else you can't see some of the big influencers using that so um i think it probably is uh, twitter's but you know we we will see i'll play devil's advocate to that which is clubhouse turned on strike payments so that you can start to charge now ah um, but they they turned on strike payments so that you can tip people but you can't charge you can't charge for accessing right. it's just it's, it's just a tipping thing <laughs> but that's know? just a test isn't it you know no, the, you the next so. stage <laughs> um the, the, the reason why I say it is, you know, Jack Dorsey, hmm, what other company does he own that might have payments? Well, yes. Square, maybe? Exactly. You know, is he going to use it? Is he ever? You know, he won't even use that, probably. He'll probably go with Stripe as well. And to come back, I'm sure he'll go with Square, and to come back to the to the other sort of um, uh, thing that Jack Dorsey also owns, he owns the Cash App in the US. I think this is, is this Stripe or is this Square? He owns Square. Uh, it might be Stripe, actually. Well, he yeah, owns Square. Yeah, it might be Stripe who owns who owns Cash App. Oh, okay. Um, but, but but Cash App is a very interesting app in that it's owned by Stripe. It it has all of the um, cash stuff, so I can send Sam Sethi some money using the Cash App. But it also has cryptocurrency in there as well. Mm. And maybe that is the missing link that you've been looking at between um, the value-for-value value stuff and you know, uh, and the mass market, maybe that missing link is that the cash app, it's only a, a US um, app. I think it's only US. Certainly it's not, it's not available here, but then, you know. Wow. <laughs> so few things are. So maybe Jack so, Dorsey's uh, yeah. uh, double CEO job had a secret mission all along. It was a long plan just to get spaces and then to finally add Square to it. That was it. Well done, Jack. <laughs> and cash app, by the way, is owned by Square. So uh, right. yeah, so it go. may it may very well be the whole, 
Yeah, it may well well be the plan in the future is to use Cash App as part of the Twitter Spaces thing and as uh, part of all of that. Well, I look forward to giving you a super follow and paying for the privilege. (laughs) Well, that's it this week, folks. Uh, If you fast forwarded through that last Clubhouse bit, welcome back. James, now... This is why we add chapters. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly. Now, James... uh, did you get married last week because you were away on on secondment what happened Uh, yes i was away on secondment the idea was that i would get married um thanks to a uh a lockdown in brisbane (laughs) we didn't get married last week we've put that off again uh because there was there were there were two people there were two people with the, the virus, and so the entire place was locked down for four days, um, which I know sounds ridiculous to everybody else, but that's basically how it works here. Um, and so, yes, and so we had to uh, call the wedding off again. So doubtless okay. it will happen. What we're going to do is we're going to wait for another year, and by another year's time, hopefully, my family from the UK might be able to actually come down here um, and take part rather than watching it on Facebook, which was going to be our plan. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, on the other hand, also by then you'll have so much Satoshi floating around, you'll be able to buy their tickets for them, of course. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. But um, yes, I'll see if uh, any airline accepts sats. <laughs> I'm sure they will. Oh, it'll bound to happen by then. Look, if Tesla does it, of course, be able to <laughs> do it. Now, the other thing I noted that you did of note, because you've got a radio background, yes. the radio player hits its 15th anniversary, and you Tenth had a little hand in that. I think. Yes. Okay. Yes, you're Sorry, right. I'm, I'm presciently um, going yes, I'm not, forward. I'm not Sorry. that old, although nearly I am. Um, <laughs> yes, so the radio player, which is um, it's an app in the UK, but it's also an app in many parts of Europe and in Canada as well. It's a way of listening to live radio and on-demand radio. There's podcasts in some of the apps as well although this podcast is most certainly not in any of them uh although pod news is in uh radio player in the uk there you go that's an amazing thing are you Um, sure we're not on tune in as well i'm pretty sure we might be in there oh i'm sure we're on tune in but uh we won't necessarily be uh in radio player but anyway um Mm. uh, that's what uh yes radio player is very good and um yes and i tell you one thing so i was involved with that uh, so about 12 years ago, I was, um, you know, in one of the first meetings with the BBC and commercial radio, trying to convince them all that this was a very good idea um, to have one app where you can get all of your favourite r- radio stations in there that the radio industry owned. And I went back and found a few mock-ups and things so that I could tweet because I kept all of my email when I left the the BBC because reasons and um, so saw these lovely photographs uh, and things and saw these lovely mock-ups which I shared one of those um, on and and then I was like reading some of these emails some of the dreadful (laughs) dreadful emails that horrible hateful place and it reminds me um, I was a guest on a podcast last week Um, it's called career crossroads podcast and you can do a, a google search for that and it's um, about 90 minutes of me talking about my career uh, as a radio presenter. If, you, uh, if you've listened to this podcast for a long time, you'll be amazed to know that I was once a radio <laughs> presenter, but apparently apparently that was the case. Um, and then uh, through my work at Virgin and then the BBC and then doing what I'm doing 
now. Um, yes, and I don't really hold back against the BBC in that. So if you want to hear the full the full story, um, it's the Career Crossroads podcast. And I'm also speaking on Saturday at the Pod Fiesta Summit. Very much looking forward to this because although I will be doing it via Zoom, it's in Adelaide in Australia, and that means that I will be doing it via Zoom in the middle of the day. I don't, I can't remember the last time I've actually spoken at a conference in the middle of the day. So hooray for that. Um, you can get uh, free tickets at podfiestasummit.com. What's happening uh, for you in Podland this week, Sam? Well, like you, I had a, a, an interview last week. It was with mm. Adam Curry and Dave Jones. Um, a lot of what we've talked about today, you know, uh, the Apple uh, ecosystem turning off directories and what will happen for all the other hosting partners mm. uh, and how that benefits Podcast Index. We talked about value for value, but we also talked about NFTs. So if anyone's interested in non-fungible tokens as an alternative way of benefiting the community that you're building around your podcast have a listen to adam and dave's podcast podcast index uh we go into a little depth about what you could do potentially with nfts instead of uh satoshis not sure that adam agreed with me but he's actually at the end i think <laughs> he's he, at least he agreed he might look into it um so let's see um and the other thing we talked about was the third tranche of the podcast index namespace one what what other tags might be added into it and i suggested that one of those would be around discovery i'm still a a great advocate for using either trackbacks and pingbacks which are part of the rss feed to try and update them in some way so that um, in the middle of a podcast as a listener i can mark a point and then ping that out to something like twitter or whatever uh, with a link to that same time point so that somebody else who wants can discover a part of a podcast rather than so it's not like chapters it's fundamentally marker points across the whole podcast yeah uh, micro chapters micro points i don't know what you want to call them mm. but yeah we started talking about that and dave said he'd have a look at it so maybe that might come into the next version of namespace very nice. And there's a bunch of work going on in the Podcast Index namespace as well, including recommendations, which is, uh, I think, a very interesting uh, plan where, you know, we could add some podcasts that we would recommend to this RSS feed and uh, they would appear in your uh, in your plan uh, to play next, which I think is uh, is a good thing, too. Yeah, I mean, which brings me to a story that we weren't going to cover but i think it is appropriate entail the podcast app has launched collections i guess that could be the same sort of idea where you show episode snippets and related links but those related links could be recommendations of other podcasts as a collection yeah and and i think what entail are doing and this is very clever you can um you can basically have shows in there. You can have individual episodes. You can um, cut pieces of audio out and um, add those to your collection. You can also add links, uh, recommended links in there as well. And you can share that collection with other people. So there's a podcasting news collection that um, was shared with me, um, which I thought was an interesting uh, thing, which this podcast is on. So, um, yeah, so worthwhile um, having a peek at that. But, yeah, something like that that would enable you to 
um, to discover more things from, uh, you know, more things recommended by this podcaster is probably a really nice idea. Yeah, I wonder if they're going to use OPML, which was the original Dave Weiner way of doing it. Yes, well, OPML is a very clever thing. Some people still support it, um, uh, but the only problem is, as with any of these things, is that uh, there appears to be about 20 different standards for OPML. <laughs> they don't all work with one another. But still, but that's just the way it goes. Um, and that's it for this week. If you've enjoyed your trip to Podland, come back again anytime. You can follow this podcast on all the major podcast players or visit the website at podland.news. Thank you for listening. We know with over 2 million podcasts out there, there are many other podcasts you could have listened to, and we're grateful for your time. If you have any comments about anything on this show today, send us a voice comment to questions at podland.news or tweet us at podlandnews. If you want daily news, you should get the Daily Pod News newsletter. It's free at podnews.net. That's where you'll find the links for all the stories we've mentioned this week. The music's from Ignite Jingles. We recorded with Riverside.fm this week. Edited with Hindenburg Pro, we're hosted and sponsored by the good folks at Buzzsprout. And we'll see you in Podland next week, hopefully. Please tell your friends about us. And as they say in modern parlance, keep following.